Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Stand by in five, four, three, two. Hello and welcome to Women on Deadline, a podcast created to energize and unite female storytellers. I'm Sierra Starks. And I'm Carolyn Hall. That lovely voice you heard counting us into show is Ariel Wiley. She's a producer at Spectrum News 1 Ohio. So we have a really good episode for you guys today. But before we jump into all of that goodness, first things first, because we are all about female bosses, we have partnered with Rock's Jewelry for the next several episodes they are owned by a female boss her name is taylor watts she's a geology major who quit her job to start rocks and now makes beautiful jewelry out of high quality materials and her company gives back to charity in the process right so they don't just make jewelry there are other things like coffee mugs t-shirts with powerful and uh, empowering slogans i'm actually going to read you some of them because i'm on the website Uh, my favorite position is ceo i love that uh, be a nice human. How about that? I love them. I just like love all of the shirts. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and then she also does home decor and a ton of other accessories. So uh, check them out at rocksjewelryshop.com. Rocks is R-O-X jewelryshop.com. And of course, we'll be sharing some of those pieces too so you can see them um, on our social media as well. Okay, let us get into... Uh, what this show is about. So I, I think somewhere on our website, Carolyn, it says like, we are not here to talk about hair and makeup, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. We are, we are sort of breaking that rule today. Uh, and we are totally diving into hair, but um, it's not what you think. I promise we're not sharing, you know, any beauty tips. Uh, we are talking about something that's, it's a, it's a strained conversation for some people. We are talking about like your natural hair journey on air. This is very intentional, and I think it's very important. And I'm so very excited to hear, learn, and to have a different experience as far as what it's like for women of color to, you know, just to move forward with you know their hair experiences and like what it means to them because as um a white person my experience is very very different so I'm so excited for this episode and I can't wait to learn some more and I hope that everybody who's listening learns a lot as well so for those of you who don't know natural hair means wearing my hair as a black woman the way it grows from my scalp which is not straight like Carolyn's okay It is kinky and curly and thick and beautiful. But a disclaimer on that is I do not wear my hair in its natural state currently. Um, I haven't done so in a number of years. Um, For a while, my hair was chemically processed. And Carolyn and I have had many conversations about that. 
Um, so I don't wear my hair in its natural state, but I am very much inspired by other women who do. And especially when I see those women uh, on TV. And so first, what we want to do is to provide some historical perspective, right? To get everyone who's listening in the right mind to understand, like when I say it's just hair, things like those kind of phrases, it does not apply to a lot of women of color, particularly black women, Um And so the thing is, like, you could argue that it has never been just hair to us, right? And here are some examples of why that is. Um, So the History Channel embarked on a historical lesson surrounding black hair recently. Uh, We'll, of course, link to it in the show notes so you can, you know, dive deeper. Um, So for those of you who don't know, here in America, workplace bias when it comes to hair has always been a thing, even back when black women were not getting paid to work, right? I'm talking about slavery for those of you who are still lost. Um, so here is a quote from their post. It says hair also played a role in the way enslaved workers were treated. If the texture and kink of one's hair more closely resembled European hair, which is, you know, straight hair, fine hair, they would receive better treatment. Now, since then, and for those obvious reasons, black women have come to adopt those European beauty standards, right? So straightening our hair with hot combs and flat irons, um, wearing straight wigs, putting straight weave in our hair, putting chemicals in our hair to make it straight, right? I am guilty of this. Um, My mother has been guilty of this, right? So it's been an ongoing thing. Now, fast forward to the civil rights movement, the natural hair movement, it got a big boost during that time. So you have iconic women like Angela Davis and Nina Simone who rocked afros and they weren't the only ones. So here we are decades later as black women sort of embracing a different type of beauty norm. Um, And I even found an old newsletter clipping from 1967 in which a woman writes a letter to her mother explaining why she will no longer straighten her hair. But, and it's a big but, a move like that doesn't come without consequence, right? So again, from that History Channel post that we'll link to, it says, sporting these natural styles was its own form of activism and seen as a statement in reclaiming their roots. Fast forward to 2017 and an NPR article titled, New Evidence Shows There's Still Bias Against Black Natural Hair. And the title is the title because of the findings of the study. So the study was called the Good Hair Study. um, And it asked over 4,000 participants to take an online IAT or an implicit association test um, to see if there was any kind of implicit bias against black hair. And so some key findings from the study were that um, they confirmed that Quote, black women suffer more anxiety around hair issues and spend more on hair care than their white peers. I can confirm that that is true. I spend a ton of money on my hair to keep it as straight as it is. Well, and Sierra, I remember from conversations that we've had in the past, too, that it's like it's very time consuming. Like it's. It's a BFD. It w- yeah. Like Carol would ask me to go places and I'd be like, no, today's hair day. Like, <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? What does like, I don't know. I don't know what that means. And that was and that was maybe my attempt to like not suffer any of these anxieties. Right. That some people suffer who wear their natural hair out in the workplace. 
Right. And, and I'm really thankful to Sierra for educating me and giving me an understanding because our, our hairs and our cultures are so very different that now I have a much better understanding of like what her hair means to her, the lengths that she goes to and like a number of other, you know, just, um, decisions that she goes through as far as like how she presents herself and why. Um, and so I'm really thankful to Sierra for that. So findings from the Good Hair Study also found that black women are almost twice as likely to experience social pressure at work to straighten their hair compared to white women. And, quote, the study also concludes that white women demonstrate the strongest bias, both explicit and implicit, against textured hair. They rated it as less beautiful, less sexy slash attractive, and less professional than smooth hair. Exactly. So we're back to those European standards that we talked about um, that have been from the beginning of time for us. Yep. It's really actually fascinating to think of it in that historical context is like, oh, yeah, this is just a holdover from, you know, colonialism and all that, like, just all the garbage from our nation's history. So in 2019, right, so fast forward another two years, right, and I hate that this is reality, but the city of New York actually instituted a law that bans discrimination by employers and schools based upon hairstyle. Now, NYC gave background on why this law needed to go into effect. We're talking about like law now. Uh, It says there is a widespread and fundamentally racist belief that black hairstyles are not suited for formal settings and may be unhygienic, messy, disruptive or unkempt. Indeed, white slave traders initially described African hair and locks as dreadful, which led to the commonly used term dreadlocks. Black children and adults from schools to places of employment have routinely been targeted by discriminatory hair policies. Now, just two years before that, in 2017, the Army revised regulations so that female soldiers could start wearing those quote-unquote dreadlocks, right? Now, we mentioned all that to say, right, all that we've done, this all historical timeline, um, just to say that it is not just hair for black women. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. 
Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Jenna Hanchard is an award-winning anchor and reporter for King 5 News. And I'm so glad she's joining us here on the podcast because she wears her natural curls with pride. Thanks for joining Women on Deadline, Jenna. Thank you for having me, Miss Sierra. <laughs> it's good to be here. So I feel like this conversation really needed to be had because so often I hear people talk about hair with the stance of like, it's just hair, right? But I feel like for women of color, more specifically black women, like our hair is very much wrapped up in our identity, or at least it certainly has been for me. Is that the case for you? Oh, absolutely. And I would say it was, it is the case for a lot of black women. You know, it's been the point of contention since we came out of the womb, right? Like it's always been the conversation. It's always been in particularly very, um, what I say, I think for me, maybe I'll just speak from my own perspective. For me, when I was born, my mom said that she wasn't going to straighten my hair until I became of age to have a conversation about straightening my hair. So I did not have a perm. I didn't have a relaxer. I had braids in my hair and she would just braid my natural braids. We didn't have, I didn't put weave or extensions or anything in my hair. And she would just braid my natural hair up until I got to high school. And then at that point, she had a conversation with me about whether or not I wanted to straighten my hair. And if I wanted to do it because I thought it was pretty or if I wanted to do it because I wanted to try something different. And I just figured I wanted to try something different. There were a lot of girls in my hair, my class that had straight hair or different hairstyles. And so I wanted to try something different. And so I wasn't until I got older that I realized how deliberate that was. And it, as a result... In, in her having that deliberate conversation, right, and that deliberate intention about how to um, contextualize myself in this space next to my hair, I realized that obviously it's a big deal, right? It's a big deal for black women um, and how they wear their hair and how they don't. And their relationship do it and how they view themselves um, in relationship to their hair. During my time on air, I was not natural at all, did not wear my natural hair, um, have sort of been a slave to the cream crack since the start of high school, which was when my mother like allowed me to get a relaxer. Um, because sort of same deal with your mom. She was just like, I, you know, I don't want to put a relaxer in your hair at whatever age before you're able to make that conscious decision. Um, but I, when I was younger, like really wanted straight hair. Like I can remember, I wrote a whole essay to my mom about like, I want straight hair. Wow. Yeah, I know. And I don't and like looking back on it, I don't know. I don't really don't know why. And I can imagine it was because um, like that was just sort of like the mark of beauty at the time was that and it was like on all of the perm boxes. You know what I mean? Like that was just the thing to do was to get a relaxer. So start of high school was when I got my first relaxer um, and I don't have any like horror stories with with relaxers and I know some women do um, my hair like grew fine I you know kept it up everything the maintenance um, and it wasn't until I had a really like stressful period in my life um, that like my hair was like nope we don't like this relaxer anymore and it just started <laughs> <laughs> -uh, like, right 
and it just started a hair my hair just like just started falling out um in ways that it never did before and i think that's when i was like something has to change like this relaxer has to go but i was still not at a point like i was still on air so it wasn't like i'm gonna do the big chop guys you know like i'm gonna do the big chop and and my you know management is gonna be okay with that or i you know i'm ready to have this conversation with management and um yeah, and so that's when I was introduced to sew-ins, and um, I had a, I have a wonderful stylist who lives in Atlanta who's just like, we're going to let your hair grow out of this relaxer, and we're going to keep it, you know, in this protective style until, you know, it can flourish again. And hallelujah, it's flourishing. <laughs> but I, right, I know, listen, because it's really, like, it's really tied up in our identity. I remember when I got my first sew-in, I cried to my husband because I was like, I have never worn weave in my hair before. This feels like, like a different person than I'm, a persona that I'm taking on. And it, of course he didn't get it. He's like, what is going on? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm really going through something, right? Like I've had, all, I've had hair like my whole life. And now I like sort of don't have hair. It was like super short on one side, which is the strangest thing ever. Uh-huh. And now I have to put weave in my hair to, to feel like I look like myself again. Uh-huh. Yeah, sorry, that was, that was a bad day, so. <laughs> Well, I can imagine that's a bad day, right? I mean, that's, and I think so often it's like the conversation. It's interesting because you were saying the conversations you have with management. I often feel like it's the conversation that we have with ourselves about what does it mean for us to look in the mirror and look at ourselves and look at our hair and say that we are beautiful. Mm-hmm. And not just that we find ourselves beautiful because it's always not just that, right? But will someone else find me attractive, right? Whether that's your partner, whether that's the person on the street, whether that is the person on the television, right? Will someone still be able to look at me and find me attractive? And what are my thoughts around those and ideas around beauty around those things? You know, I feel like it's all wrapped up into that, you know? Um, And I feel like once we... I think as black women, we've had so many beautiful, we have so many different hair textures, right? This Mm -hmm. beautiful range of texture in our hair um, that we come in all shapes, sizes, beauties, right? And what is that conversation that we're having with ourselves that we're saying, yes, I am still beautiful and I believe I'm still attractive with this, you know? Exactly. I'm not as worried about what such and such believes is attractive or not attractive. That's that's beautiful. <laughs> and, you, and you and usually I feel like it's so it's so wrapped up around these white standards of beauty. Oh, no, absolutely. You know, absolutely. It's, like, it's always wrapped up in these things because we've been socialized to believe that straighter is better or the wear, you know, having out of our face or laid down or whatever it is is better. Um, and so that is hard to undo. Mm-hmm. And it and it doesn't just undo overnight, right? It's a it's a process. Right. It's a process. Yeah. And so I think that's especially true for like black women on air. Like the job requires us to have a certain look and then to often stick with that look. Right. Like sometimes it's even written in our contracts or it's like an unspoken rule in the newsroom that any changes to our hair must be approved by management. Yeah, it it is unspoken. Um, I have never seen it specifically within my contract or maybe I haven't looked closely enough, or maybe I haven't cared, but 
I definitely think that it is an unspoken rule that we are supposed to have our hair a certain way. I remember when I was in my last market in Kansas City and I had my hair straight for the most part and then I stopped straightening it um, on the weekends when I would anchor and I would wear it natural. And I remember my news director said to me at the time, I don't really care how you wear your hair, Jenna, just make sure that it's consistent. But if you're a black woman, you know that every single time you wake up, your hair is not gonna be the same every day. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't curl the same. It doesn't frizz the same. It doesn't grow the same. It doesn't work that way, right? So I can't come to the station like my white girl counterpart, right? Or an Asian American girl counterpart, right? And have the same hairstyle every day. It just won't work, right? And even to have that expectation, right? is very centered on this understanding of hair in this one way. The expectation that even is supposed to be consistent. I don't even know what that means, right? And I, don't, I think that it wasn't until here that I really started to kind of challenge that for myself. And I was less concerned about what these unspoken rules are, or what these expectations were, and was more concerned about being true to myself in whatever space that was in. Right. Have you, I mean, as long as I've known you on air, you've always worn your natural curls, but, um, and you spoke a little bit about it. What's, where does your natural hair journey on air begin? Um, probably here for the most part in Seattle, fully. I've never had a perm. I've never had a relaxer or any sort of chemicals in my hair in terms of it being processed to make it straight. Um, when I was in Kansas City, I did wear my hair naturally curly a couple of times, but it wasn't consistent. I was kind of playing around with it. And I was definitely under the mindset that in order to get to a certain level, that your hair needed to be consistent as it was. So that if I had a story and my hair was straight, that means the next story, my hair had to be straight, right? And everything on my resume tape had to look the same. Mm-hmm. But there could be no, uh, nothing that was different. And so... I think for me, I figured, okay, well, let me just keep it the same because that is what is expected out of a resume tape. Um, But then when I got to Seattle, I was straightening my hair. It was raining every day, every day, all day. And I was like, this, I can't keep this up. Mm -hmm. And then one day I got in the shower and I washed my hair and my curls pattern was not coming back and I think it was the day before Christmas and I had to work on Christmas and you know how you have one of those days and it just all comes together and I'm like first of all I am not I'm gonna give them my Christmas and my hair like they can't have both they can't have my curls (laughs) and they can't have my Christmas I can't keep giving them all this stuff right something's gotta get right so I'm like all right I'll work Christmas but I gotta have my hair back and it was honestly at that moment that I decided I was never going to straighten my hair ever again. And that was three and a half years ago. Wow. And I haven't straightened it since. And that's been the journey. Um, and so, like, so often we hear like viewers responding a certain way to it or management responding a certain way to the change. How did that go for you? Management didn't say anything about my hair, and I've really never had, except for the one manager that I had in Kansas City, I've really never had any manager say anything about my hair. 
in terms of suggesting me wearing it a certain way or suggesting that I change something about my hair. Management here hasn't said anything. I have gotten negative viewer emails and I have gotten positive viewer emails. And the negative viewer emails, they were racist emails about my hair taking up too much space on the screen, how there's too many of my kind on television. Uh, and yeah, stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. and, and those come. Um, but I've also gotten a lot of beautiful emails from black women saying, we have been searching all day for your name. Who are you? Awesome. The girl with the cornrows. Um, <laughs> I want to find out who you are. You make us feel seen. You make us feel heard. You make us feel represented. And that's really nice when you hear young people or people that say their daughter can look at the TV screen and say that they feel inspired or feel represented um, or that they start watching, actually, because of those things. I've gotten a viewer response that was like that, that someone said, okay, it actually made me watch the news. And I think that that is a note for management, right, and for a lot of these news stations that feel like there needs to be this sort of consistent image or consistent way. I think people want to see who you are mm -hmm. and who you truly are so that they can trust the information that's coming from your mouth. How can I trust you if you're looking like a robot or a Barbie or like everybody else, right? And you're not necessarily being true to who you are. Um, so I think that there's something to be said about that uh, in terms of how audiences or how viewers respond. All right, well, we have other black women in TV news who are sharing their natural hair journeys with us as well. First up is Katira Winfrey from WFMZ. Hello, my name is Katira Winfrey. Um, I've been a reporter now for a little over seven years. I'm a based out of Allentown, Pennsylvania right now with WFMZ. So just a little bit about my natural hair journey on television. It all started in college when I first decided to go natural. Um, I graduated college in 2009. And at the time, one of my journalism professors told me to straighten my hair and that I would never get a job on air with natural hair. Now, in her defense, during that time, natural hair, you didn't see that much at all. I think Melissa Harris Perry was the only person I had ever seen with braids or any kind of natural hairstyle. But in the next four years, three years, um, I started seeing more women wearing natural hair. And so I started to embrace it. My first job, I wore my hair pulled back. I didn't let it out. Um, and then I slowly started to try out twist outs and then washing goes and then I just let it all hang out but I've had some good reactions some bad reactions um luckily I don't have as many horror stories as I know so many other women have um I first like to say that the majority of the negativity about my natural hair has come from news directors or people in the business the general public has been very accepting of me and all of my uniqueness. Um, so I generally have gotten positive feedback from the community. So I think it's the managers who are really hung up on this image of what you're supposed to look like. So I guess um, just to go back to during my time working in East Texas, I worked um, in East Texas and I decided to wear my hair in a wash and go one day. Now this particular news director, 
we didn't have the best relationship. But one day she came to me and told me, she tried to blame it on someone else that so-and-so said, you need to tame your hair. And at that time, I was still kind of unsure about wearing my natural hair. So it kind of hit me hard. And I, you know, I reacted and immediately pulled it back and tried to so-called tame it. Okay, so another time I tested the waters. Um, I was working on a weekend. So I said, let's test the waters on a weekend. I went to interview a state representative. And when I got there, I was an MMJ. When I got there, he laughed and said, bad hair day took me a second because I wanted to say no it's not and just walk out so that was um that was an interesting situation now fast forward to when I worked in Tulsa I really let loose there really just embraced all my curls I had all kinds of hairstyles from braids twist outs wash and goes everything and um I got so much support even from my management the management never questioned me um no matter what hairstyle I showed up with and um one of the things that really made me realize just be you um came when a woman emailed me she messaged me on Facebook rather and she told me that she appreciated me for being myself because I was an inspiration to her daughter for wearing my hair out naturally. And when I clicked on her image, or when I saw the small thumbnail, I'm like, what is this white lady talking about? And when I clicked on her profile, she had adopted a black daughter. And so that's when it really dawned on me that representation matters. Everyone is watching. And um, only one time during my time in Tulsa, that someone say they liked my hair better straight than curly. But even then that wasn't necessarily a negative because they didn't say, oh, I don't like your hair. They just said, I like it straighter. So um, I haven't had horrible experiences, but I know the struggle. And even now that I've been wearing my hair naturally for years, I still sometimes wonder, okay, how far do I want to take it? I came back with braids from vacation one day and um, was skeptical about going on air with it. And then I just said, you know, whatever, I'll just wear them. Management never said anything. The general public never said anything. So I'm, I'm learning to just say, hey, as long as I'm looking professional, just be you. Just wear what you want to wear. And so um, that's my story. So a lot to unpack there. Uh <laughs> I love that. Yes. I love that. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I can't believe that she walked into an interview with a politician and, and whoever that was just had the audacity to say something like that to her face. And then you still have to be professional and do your job. Those are the politics. Those are part of the politics that are wrapped up around black women's hair, right? For black women, we are constantly anticipating what someone may or may not say about our hair yes and that causes stress anxiety but it also can cause us to internalize those things and then as a result say okay i'm not gonna wear my hair this way mm-hmm. or i'm gonna wear my hair this way in this space because i don't want to be subjected to whatever comments are going to come my way right and especially the other comment that i heard in there the the quote i like your hair better straight right <laughs> like what? right 
Right. Who are you? And why does your opinion matter? And why do you feel like I need to hear that? Right. I feel like that's, <laughs> that's something I would never say to anybody. Like, oh, girl, I liked your hair better the way it was yesterday. Exactly. What you do with your hair is your business, unless it's a compliment, right? Um, but, yeah, to say how I prefer it. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So, I, yeah. Mm -mm. I do like what she said about representation matters, right? We all don't look the same. And our our viewers recognize that when they see someone wearing their natural curls on TV. When when for so long, what, decades, they haven't, they probably haven't seen that. Right. Absolutely. It was really interesting what she was saying about coming back from vacation with braids. I feel like there's this internal barometer that we have as black people and as black women, like, okay, how much black am I going to give them? Like, <laughs> how much black am I going to give them? Like, can I do the fro? Can I do the box braids? Can I do the cornrows? Like, you know, like, how far am I going to be able to go, right? Like, and as I give them more blackness, am I going to receive more racism in return, right? Yeah. That's really, like, the measurement of the barometer that we're looking for. And, and so... I always feel like those hair choices that in addition is included in that politics, right? Is that a, you know, we don't want to be subjected to the racism that we're going to experience. And I think for a lot of black women, they say, you know what, I'm just going to straighten it. Right. I don't want to be subjected. Not to even have to deal with that today. I got you. I don't you. have to deal with that, you know, but, but in this business, like you could get, you, you could come back from vacation and your next day be on call. You know what I mean? And that's the day that you were planning to take your braids out and, and you know, figure it out. But exactly. no, like y'all are going to exactly. get these braids today. That's how it's going to happen. <laughs> yes, y'all are going to get these braids. Yes, yes, exactly. I love it. I love it. All right. Next up, we are going to hear from Romney Smith from WTOC. Hey everyone, Romney Smith with WTOC in Savannah, Georgia. I have been a journalist for about 10 years and I've been natural since 1999, so a long time. And I went to graduate school with my naturally curly hair, put together my first resume tape and it had naturally curly hair, but I had two stand-ups in there with straight hair. And what's interesting is when you're planning your first job, you simply send out lots of resume tapes. At that time it was DVDs and I was physically mailing them to at least 100 different TV stations. And every news director I heard back from consistently said, good work, but we really like this look. And when they mentioned this look, it was always when my hair was straight. I did have a professor in college who was a black woman who warned me that I would not get any work as a journalist with natural hair and television because they liked women with straight hair because it was seen as consistent and professional. Um, I was discouraged by that and I kept trying and plugging away and eventually my first job in Albany, Georgia came with the caveat that I wear straight hair, but they included hair in my contract and I was lucky enough to have a hairdresser there who could straighten it for me very well. And so I reluctantly had to straighten my hair and it was damaging and my hair curl texture got a little looser and more heat damage and it was discouraging for me. Um, 
And because I was in South Georgia, it was just hot and harder to maintain being straight. And so it was, it was a struggle. Went through lots of different products to learn how to do my hair. Um, and the trouble becomes when you have a resume tape with straight hair and you're trying to move on to your next job, obviously your hair becomes part of your look. And so when I jumped 100 markets to Jacksonville, Florida, my look was continuing to have straight hair. And I had talked with management multiple times about transitioning and uh, some were supportive, some were not supportive of it. Uh, ultimately though, it always comes down to your news director and GM who wanted me to keep my hair straight. Eventually I just said, I can't do it anymore. I don't feel like myself. I don't look like myself. I'm not being authentic to myself. And I went with curly hair, but I wore it, braided up under a wig for about a year. And so at this point, I was getting to the point where contract negotiations were coming into play. I was doing a lot of things in my personal life. I'd been in a long-distance relationship, and we were trying to move to the same city. And so I made the conscious decision that I was going to put together a straight-haired resume tape to show my talent and my skill set, and also a mini-tape with curly hair, because my assistant news director in Jacksonville let me wear curly hair a couple times whenever the news director was on vacation. So I did that, and thankfully, when I made the decision to move to Savannah, Georgia, which is 50 markets smaller than Jacksonville, I moved with curly hair and I have not straightened it one time since. Moving forward in my career, I don't see myself ever going back to straight hair. I feel like I'm more myself. I feel like I'm more authentic. I love it. I embrace it. And the best part is viewers do too. No one's questioned my journalistic skills, credibility, or ability because of my hair. If anything, when I transitioned, especially on social media, a lot of my fans and friends from Jacksonville would say, hey, why didn't you wear your hair like this on air here? And then it was always interesting to have the conversation about, well, I wasn't really allowed to. Um, and they'd say, what do you mean? You, you know, you're your best self. This is how you look. And this is how the world looks. And I would say, yes, I agree. And I feel like myself. I feel empowered. And I love it. But that's not what the industry wanted at that point in time, and I needed to pay my bills. Um, but right now, I'm very thankful to work for a parent company that embraces natural hair. They recognize that viewers look like me, and they feel that I should look my best however I see fit. And I really appreciate that. And moving forward, I feel that more and more news directors are open to it. And I absolutely love it, because honestly... The world is diverse and has diverse hair textures, so why not rock different hair? I'm very encouraged by young journalists that I see with curly hair, and I, I just love that people are now embracing their full styles. There's a couple people with dreadlocks out there. Mad props to them. Absolutely love it. And so my thing is, it's not about straight hair versus curly hair. It's really about however women feel they look the best, that's how you should wear it. If you love straight hair, wear it straight. If you love your wigs and weave, rock them. If you like your natural hair, rock that too. And so I'm very proud when I see women walking in their full power, feeling the best about themselves. I just happen to feel the best about myself with my natural hair. Now the color might change every now and then. I am a fan of dyeing it different colors. But um, yeah, natural curls is where it's at for me. And I know that in the future, if I'm blessed enough to have a daughter, I can probably look at her and be like, yes, mommy is professional with her curly hair. And I love it. I feel like I sh the first time I listened to this, I like shouted at the part where she was like, <laughs> no one has questioned my journalistic skills. That's it. That's it. How about I can still do my job, whatever hair is on my head. That's, <laughs> that's it. That's it. It's true. And that's why New York City 
I believe it was, that came out with that band. I don't know all of the specific details, but about um, being, you know, it's about rules and guidelines about what you can and cannot ban within the workplace. Right. And it's specifically as it relates to black women and how they wear their hair. Um, because it doesn't have anything to do with professionalism. It doesn't have anything to do with your skill or your skill level. And the problem that you have with my hair coworker has nothing to do with me and my abil- ability to do my job. It does not. Mm-hmm. At all. <laughs> At all. And both ladies mentioned that their journalism professors told them they wouldn't go as far as they could unless they straightened their hair. That was interesting to me. It is interesting. I've never had a professor say that explicitly, but I do think they didn't have to say it for me to know that that was understood to be true, right? I think that in school, I think that in internships, what you saw was black women with straight hair. I've never seen a black woman with natural curly hair on television or, um, a fro or anything like that or braids. I'd never seen anything like that on television. So it would only be my understanding that, okay, well, if I want to keep moving in this space, I got to straighten it. Right. 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 Um, I did like what she said though, at the end about, it's really about the freedom to wear it. However you want to wear your hair, right? Whether you straighten your hair or whether you wear it naturally curly, it doesn't matter. Right. But I think you should have the freedom to be able to wear it however you want. If you want to wear Bantu knots one day, wear the Bantu knots. If you want to wear a full sew-in one day, wear the full sew-in one day. You should have that freedom. Um, Because as a black woman, we do explore a lot in terms of how we wear our hair. We should be able to do that. And that's what I mean about it being wrapped up in our identity. Some days, some women don't, they don't want to just wear the same hairstyle they've been wearing. That's just, that's just the black woman way. Like, (laughs) right. That's, that's my aunties. That's my cousins. And so I feel like it should be represented on our TV screens. Absolutely. And we shouldn't be worried about it, right? We shouldn't be worried about what potential consequences could come in from a manager's perspective. I understand that viewers may say whatever they want to say, right? Um, but from a management perspective, from a workplace environment, I don't think I should have to worry about that. And she mentioned that more and more young journalists are embracing their curls, which I find to be true. Um, yes. And that's that's inspiring because it's like, okay, you know, we're going to, if we're going against the grain, we're just going to go hard. We're just <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's interesting because I went to NABJ. I've been going to NABJ for the last couple of years, National Association of Black Journalists Conference. And the last time I went, I was reviewing resume tapes for my station. And for the most part, most of the questions I would get from black women was about hair, right? And I would review tapes from black women that were at stations in the South. And I would feel terrible because... Their hair would be, you know how it would go, be like half the head would be up because it's puffy and humid. We don't know what to do with it, but they're told they have to wear it straight and out. So they don't know what to do with it, Right. you know, and because we don't have that freedom to explore, we believe that it has to look a certain way. I think it paralyzes us. And then as a result, we can't really look our best. You can't because there's a lot of there's a lot of damage that happens with I'm going to straighten my hair every single day. 
coming from yeah. somebody who's, whose hair fell out. <laughs> there is a lot of damage yes there is and that there also is. just affects your ability to perform i agree with you jenna it, 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 because i'm like I, i'm not feeling this thing that i got going on on the side where i like have to slick it back like that's exactly. no thank you or exactly every day like you said get in there and like okay the front's a little fuzzy i'm gonna have to run this flat iron real quick yep. and then as a result i get in the shower and then the front of my hair is straight and the back is curly <laughs> and it just looks it you know all uneven so jenna you and the other women who shared their stories currently have support from management to wear your curls on air but Others in this industry do not have that same support. The most recent example that comes to mind is Brittany Noble, an award-winning journalist who shared her story on Medium about her time as an anchor and reporter on WJTV in Jackson, Mississippi. Now, what I want to do, I'm just going to read a paragraph that she wrote titled, Why I Could Not Wear My Hair in Its Natural State. After having my son, I asked my news director if I could stop straightening my hair. A month after giving me the green light, I was pulled back into his office. I was told, quote, my natural hair is unprofessional and the equivalent to him throwing on a baseball cap to go to the grocery store. He said Mississippi viewers needed to see a beauty queen. He even asked why my hair doesn't lay flat. When I asked him how I should address the change on social media, he told me to write, quote, I was told to change my hair back to the way it was because that's what looks best. Now, that coupled with other issues she had in her newsroom has since led to a months-long EEOC investigation, and we'll have a link to her Medium post on our website for anyone who is interested. Um, again, I just can't imagine going into a space and having someone say those things to me, and, and, and I can't imagine like what my response would be. Yeah, it's outrageous. I think my response would be what her response was, which is filing an EEOC complaint. Right. You know, that is outrageous and absolutely discriminatory and racist. Um, absolutely racist. And I think, like you said, Sierra, a lot of people don't have that support. Um, and to be honest, I wouldn't say I have support I've never asked for permission and no one's ever said anything. And I'm not sure if I perceive that to be support or just, we don't want an EOC complaint <laughs> or <laughs> we just want to let her do what she wants. Right. I mean, what do you, I don't even, I don't know what is support um, in the spaces that we exist. I've never asked for permission. And as long as I continue to work in television, I will never ask for permission and if I ever got a response like she did, I think I would handle it in, at least to what I know, in a very similar way, mm -hmm. uh, which is filing a complaint because it is discriminatory. And um, what her manager reportedly said is uncalled for. Throw, throwing on a baseball cap to go to the grocery store. That's not the equivalent. It's That's not at all. Not and, at all. Um, that station, if, if those things were said, those are the things where there needs to be some sensitivity training, uh, but also like training on racism, implicit bias, right? Anti-racism kind of training. Uh, 
you know, these stations and these managers need to have the tools to be able to communicate with their staff of color and to be able to communicate with their audiences of color. Mm -hmm. And they don't because they've been operating on a mindset that everyone is the same. And that's just not true. Um, So, yeah, that's problematic. Yeah. And that was sort of a follow up question was, you know, what are the dangers here that lie in management not supporting women of color who want to wear their natural hair? Because I can imagine there are tons of women who want to wear their natural hair, but just have not taken that next step because I just don't know what's going to happen. Right. And, you know, I don't want to speak for everyone in the sense of what everyone should do, because we all have different comfort levels and we all want to go different places in our careers. Um, I think (laughs) the more of us that stop asking for permission, I think that news managers and news stations will be forced to reckon with us in mass, in our true forms, in our true selves, um, in whatever wear, whatever way we wanted to wear our hair. Yeah, I think the less that we stop asking for permission, let me say that, rephrase that. I think if we stop asking for permission, I think that news managers and news stations will be forced to deal with us as who we are. And how we naturally wear our hair. Which in, in your case and in Romney's case and in Katira's case, like you, you guys feel like you're bringing your best self to the table at work Absolutely. now every day. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. At least, at least in that respect, at least in where, you know, there are other things, obviously I'm still a black woman. Right. Um, but I think that I, that's one less thing I have to worry about. Mm-hmm. One less thing I have to worry about is how I wear my hair and what you're going to think about it. And how I feel about it on television. And what I can actually focus on my stories. I can actually spend more time thinking about my work as opposed to obsessing over what my hair is going to look like. And Jenna, you've dropped a lot of gems already. But what other advice? (laughs) Jenna, 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 the gem dropper. What um what other advice would you give to our listeners just based on where we are in today's climate when it comes to women of color wearing their curls? I think that each of us as black women need to start having real conversations with ourselves. And these conversations take time. It's not just a one and done, right? You don't just have one conversation and you say, oh, okay, now I know why I straighten my hair all this time and why I don't feel pretty with that straight. Okay, I'm going to stop. It doesn't necessarily happen that way, right? Mm -hmm. This is a process. But I think the sooner that we start having these conversations with ourselves, we can start to peel back the layers around why certain hairstyles are wrapped up in our identity and why we feel prettier certain ways. And I think that it is okay to experiment, right? It's okay to say, you know what? okay, maybe these two days I'm going to wear my hair naturally curly and see how I feel, right? I'll wear my hair straight for the rest of the week, but on this weekend, I'm going to wear my hair naturally curly. I'm going to go to the grocery store. I'm going to see how I feel. Because I think there's a lot wrapped up in, 
okay, what's some, how are they going to look at me when I walk in the grocery store? How are they going <laughs> to respond to me when I have my hair looks right? There's all this anxiety mm-hmm. and anticipation around Absolutely. how you're going to be received when you're wearing a certain hairstyle. Um, and so I think you can have those conversations by having baby steps and exploring in that way. Agreed. I think that would be maybe one advice that I would give. Yeah. Um, I think maybe my advice would be to to other women of color, and maybe even maybe even like just women in general, to like support. I sometimes I feel like Black women just need to feel supported, mm-hmm. um, and so whatever that looks like. But but I love seeing Jenna on my TV screen with her natural curls, and and I have told her that, like, <laughs> you know what I mean. So. Just that support, I feel like, would be... Because I think Romney Smith said it. She said, it's not a straight versus curly. No. That's not what we're dealing with here. No. We're dealing with something so much deeper. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, I think that's I think that's really good. Because you're right. Because when, even when I got the emails, I, I that's the support I felt, right? I didn't necessarily feel the support within the four walls that I work in. But... I feel support from a community of black women that say, I see you, I know your struggle, and girl, you look good. Right. Thank you. Keep doing it. Jenna, it has been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure talking with you. I'm glad that you have created a space for this conversation. Um, It's extremely important. So thank you for doing that, Sierra. Absolutely. All right, we want to thank Ariel Wiley, a producer at Spectrum News One Ohio, for lending her voice, uh, counting us in and out of show. Also, in our special thanks, the women who shared their natural hair in the newsroom journeys with us. Um, and of course, another special thanks to Rock's Jewelry for partnering with us for this episode. Again, you can find all their beautiful jewelry and accessories and t shirts at rocksjewelryshop.com. That'll do it for us on Women on Deadline, a podcast created to energize and unite female storytellers. I'm Carolyn Hall. And I'm Sierra Starks. Be great, Sierra. Be great, Carolyn. We're out in five, four, three, two, one. Nice job, ladies. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.